Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. And welcome to worship service here at Meridian United Methodist Church, Church of the Warm Heart. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors. It is a true joy to have you here in worship this morning. If this is your first time here, thank you. We are blessed to have you with us and we pray, we pray, we pray that, we, that, you, that you find a blessing in today's service, whether it be a song, whether it be a word, whether it be just the person sitting next to you smiling at you for just a moment. Just to make sure we get that out of the way, could you turn to the neighbor and smile at them in a non-creepy way? (laughs) If you're joining us online, we'd like to welcome you as well. Uh, wherever you may be worshiping this morning. Uh, we got people on the Oregon coast, I know. I know we got people in the Northeast today, some, some folk, uh, Midwest for sure. Uh, but wherever you are, welcome. We are blessed to have you with us. We got the doors open. We got the AC going. We're trying to cool it down a little bit. I don't know how you feel. Um, I should have dressed down a little bit, I guess. Uh, got an outdoor wedding today. I'm gonna die. It's gonna be, ooh. Uh, ooh. Uh, it also feels a little humid in here. We had the carpets cleaned yesterday. So, so that if you feel just a little bit of moist in the, it, I think that's what it is. I walked in this morning and whoa. So the doors are open. We're trying to air it out a little bit. So good to have you. Claudia is our worship leader. And I think she has a couple of announcements, five announcements, of 12 announcements, 15. Give me a mic. I've got something to say. You got something to say. <laughs> Good morning, I'm Claudia Moberly, and it is good to be here on this summer-like day. A couple weeks ago, we had winter-like days. Now we've got summer-like days, so just stick around. You'll get something you like. So I do have several announcements. VBS is coming up. Hard to believe. It's, there was this thing called COVID, and then there was COVID recovery, and now with prayers and fingers crossed, we are doing VBS again. It will be June 12th through, through 16th, 9.30 till noon. You can sign up online. You can volunteer by talking to Cassie Collins. Cassie, wave at us. Yes, sign up. There's lots of jobs, big jobs, little jobs, all fun jobs because they're surrounded by kids. Everyone, please pray for this. It's been several years, so we need kids back in our building. Also in June, you may have heard, is the Oregon-Idaho Annual Conference hosted this year by... Meridian United Methodist Church. We are going to need many extra hands to make everything run smoothly. June 8 to 11, so the week right before VBS, June 8 to 11 is when we will be inundated with Methodists traveling from Wyoming to the Oregon coast, coming all the way to Meridian, Idaho. 
The sign-up sheets will be out shortly, and I do mean shortly. By the end of service, Lisa Miller will be standing outside the door. So if there's a place that you feel like you could serve during those few days, see Lisa. She has a long list to get this show on the road. Finally, Mary Methodists will meet tonight for their monthly potluck and gathering. So stop in for some good food, good fellowship. Everyone is welcome. It starts at 5 p.m. That's it. Sounds good. Thank you, Ms. Claudia. Let's take a moment and greet those around us in Christian love and then remain standing for the opening hymns. as we affirm our faith together. There is one God, and there is one mediator, Jesus Christ, who came as a ransom for all, to whom we testify. This saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in throughout the world, taken up in glory. Great indeed is the mystery of the gospel. Amen. Please be seated.
Isn't it amazing how many graduates we have? It's pretty exciting. Um, at this time, I'd like to invite the high school graduates who are here to come forward and see if I missed anybody. I think we have three in the house. <laughs> it's our tradition here to present you guys with a Bible upon your high school graduation, and then we're going to pray over you. So this is Brennan. Brennan's been with me since he was a sixth grader, so that's pretty fun. And Cadence and Julius. And Pastor Mike, will you pray for these kids? All right. Uh, we're not going to do a laying on of hands, but if you could, just kind of put a hand toward him. Just uh, we're going we're gonna to send him good thoughts and prayers here. God of joy and hope, we give you thanks for this time of graduation. In gratitude, we pray for the families and the many who have sacrificed and worked to see them in this hopeful moment. In gratitude, we pray for the professors and the administrators who have challenged and who have cared and, and crafted, crafted them along this academic journey. In gratitude, we pray for their fellow students who have taught life lessons about, about friendship, about collaboration, about sharing. And in gratitude, we give thanks for a God who has seen them through up to today and who opens up each new day into their futures. In Christ's mercy and grace, our prayer is that they continue to learn, to serve, and to love in the years ahead. And the family of God said, Amen. 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 Give just love to you guys. Thank you. Claudia was just saying that she remembers a lot of those kids when they were right here. Mason wants to go. Good to see you all. It might not happen today. We'll see. <laughs> so I was at an indoor circus. At an indoor circus, and I got a balloon uh, right before the circus started. My, my mom got me a, a helium balloon, and it was just so cool. And I played with the balloon and just kind of just tapping and just having a high-ho time with the thing, waiting for the circus to start. And right before the circus started, guess what happened? I let go of the balloon. You know what happens if you let go of a balloon? If I do now, yeah. Float straight up, up into the rafters. I could still see it way up there. How do you think I felt? Sad. I did feel sad. And a little huffy. And, uh, and I, I, huffy. That's an old-fashioned word. <clears throat> huffy. And, and I could feel a little bit of the, the tears come. Just a little. And I got a little mad at my mom for not tying it to my hand. Like, uh, it's my fault, though. I remember the fun times I had with it. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to wait right here. I'm going to park it, and I'm just going to wait for that thing to come down. (laughs) I got the circus going on over here, and what am I doing? Waiting for a balloon. Do you think the balloon came down? No. No. It popped. I don't know what happened to it, because it was still up there when we left. (laughs) But I wasted part of that circus just waiting, 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 waiting. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Some of you are getting tired of me saying waiting, waiting, waiting. Waiting, waiting. Should I, move, just, should I just move on? Yeah, I think so. The story that we're going to get in Big People Church today is called Ascension Sunday. Ascension. Jesus came back after the resurrection and we, we celebrated Easter. Ooh, let's just sit there. Awesome. We celebrated Easter. Jesus came back, but he didn't stick around. After about 40-some days, he, he and his disciples went up on a, on a hillside, and he went up into heaven. They, they call it ascension because he ascended whoop, right up there, and they just watched him go. And the disciples, they just stood there. They remembered a lot of the good times that they had. Why couldn't it go back to that? Why did he have to leave? And then some of them were like, well, guess what? He said he's going to come back. We're just going to wait. 
until he comes back. And an angel appeared. And an angel appeared and came to the disciples and said, why are you still looking up? He will come back someday. But for right now, he told you what to do. And he gave us his commandments to go love each other, to care for each other. There's times that I, that I get stuck in the past and I think, oh, I wish it was like the good old days. And there are times that I just say, Jesus, I'm just going to wait for you to come back and fix everything. But then the angel's words still ring true. Go live your life. Go love. Go care. That's what Jesus wants us to do. And he gave us the spirit, but we're going to talk about the spirit next week. So I can spend my life waiting for a balloon or I can see the circus that's around us. Y'all got a circus around you? Yeah, we all got a circus around us, don't we? Let's pray. God above, we give thanks for these little ones for, for the chance that they might learn a little bit about your word, about your love. So bless them, keep them, preserve them, that they may grow in godliness. And then someday they might see their video up on the wall as we celebrate the graduation. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down. Today we celebrate the unity of the, as the body of Christ and we widen the table a little more through the joyful welcome of new members affirming our faith together. Uh, I think we got them out there. I think we got about one, two, three, four, five in the house who are joining our church today. I invite you all to come forward for a moment. It's always a joy for a congregation to welcome new members into its fellowship. They may come from other congregations by way of transfer of membership, or they may come from other denominations, or they might be professing their faith for the very first time. Often this welcome is done informally by just introducing them to the congregation. Uh, we'll give a quick introduction, and then uh, we'll share in the membership vows. But let me introduce who is up here today. Milton. Klein, you're, you're standing right next to me. I'm going to pick on you first. Milton grew up in the Missouri Ozarks, where his father was a Presbyterian minister. A PK is what you are, preacher kid. Met his wife in high school, moved to Idaho about 50 years ago. He's been here before, back when Ralph Lawrence was a pastor went to cathedral for a while, and ended up at Eagle United Methodist Church, which is no longer a UMC, which might be why they're over here. Years ago, you remember that we had an outside counseling service in our church. Milton was one of their counselors, and his office was where, is where my office is now. And I could still see his name scratched in the desk underneath. <laughs> Everyone say, hi, Milton. Hi, Milton. Hey. Maxine, there's Maxine, grew up also in the Ozarks, fell in love with Milton in high school, and married soon after. He was a Presbyterian, she was a Methodist, you can see who won. (laughs) Maxine was a surgical nurse for many a year. They have two kids up here in Idaho as well. Everyone say, hi Maxine. We have Jean Marcy. Hi, Jean. Also from, uh, she's from Michigan and California. She was a bio major in college, spent much of her life doing lab work and research. Now, they have a, a, two grown kids uh, with families of their own. They were all living next to each other down in California. One of the families moved up here to Idaho. Fast forward a few years, and Jean and Alan felt the pull to come up north as well, but they didn't want to abandon the other family that they had in California. So after a couple of years, on an off-chance comment, they commented to their kids who were down in California that they were thinking about moving, but they just didn't want to abandon them in California. And the family responded that they were sticking around in California so they wouldn't abandon their parents. (laughs) Soon enough, everybody moved up here. Uh, they, they moved to Beverly, well, I guess uh, moved away from Beverly. This is the way to say it. Everyone say hi, Jean. Hi, Jean. And Alan Marcy from Kalamazoo, Michigan. 
I think we've got some other Michigan folk out here in California. Alan is former army and turned marketer, worked for the likes of Heinz, Kellogg's, uh, Dial Soap. In retirement, he teaches CPR and does AED training. You know the little defibrillator. He does that kind of training. Joins, they join us from the Nazarenes. Can everyone say, hi, Alan. Hi. And we got Linda here at the end. Born into a Methodist family. Uh, there's a Methodist preacher somewhere in her line. Uh, she was ba- that, that Methodist preacher baptized her as a baby in Portland, Oregon. She grew up along the Oregon coast, but the family moved to Alaska, where she spent much of her childhood. Later on, she got out of Alaska and traded it for sunny San Diego. Her son, James Beauvais, joined last year. He's up, upstairs doing the, doing the sound. If you turn around, there's, hey, there's your son. Uh, she joins us from Chula Vista United Methodist Church. Can everyone say, hi, Linda? <laughs> and we have someone joining us from our online congregation. We've got folk watching, again, from, from all over uh, the U.S. And someone called and said, can I join? <laughs> of course you could join. Uh, this is Shane Ostermeyer, son of Sharon. You may know Sharon Ostermeyer. Uh, Dr. Shane was born in Oregon, was part of a Presbyterian church back in the day. He went to the college of the University of Nebraska, Lincoln. A moment of quiet respect for that fine institution. (laughs) In mourning? Yeah, maybe in mourning, was it? Uh, Shane was a college administrator for several colleges before retiring in recent years. He took his membership vows at his house a couple weeks ago. He's probably watching right now. Can you all turn back to the camera up there and just say, hi, Shane? In your baptism, you were marked as members of Christ's holy church. It is our joy to welcome you today as members of this congregation. We believe that the Holy Spirit has led you to this congregation at this time, for not only for your good, but also for our good. We invite you now to affirm your faith in Christ and express your commitment to the life of this church and the mission that God has given to us. I do have two questions for you. As members of Christ's universal church, Will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? If so, please say, I will. And as members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, please say, I will. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We have a promise back to them as well. It'll be up on the screen. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you, body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. That in everything, God may be glorified in Jesus Christ. Pastor Jen has a membership certificate for you and a card from the card makers, I believe. Let's welcome our new members. Thank you, Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Maxine. Thank you, Milton. You're welcome to stay up and sing in the choir or go back to your seats.
Morning Church. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we seek your presence in the promise of your Spirit. May your Spirit be revealed through all of your creation. In the wind, the earth, and the sky, we behold your glory. And may your spirit be revealed in us and through us. Breathe on us new life as we gather together to praise you. Transform our hearts so that we may create a more loving world for all people through acts of kindness, compassion, and love. Light in us a fire that radiates your warmth and light. May it illuminate a spirit of truth. Use us, Lord. Mold us. Shape us. Transform us to be more Christ-like. And Lord, today on this beautiful, beautiful morning, we come together as your people to worship and pray together as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is from the New Testament, Acts 1, verses 1 through 11, and some of it may sound familiar. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. 
He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking to the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. May God add a blessing to this reading and hearing of the word. Well, happy Ascension Sunday, everybody. I'm sure, I'm sure you looked at your calendar this morning, had it all circled and underlined. It's finally here. We've been waiting for weeks for this day to arrive. We need to get out the Ascension Sunday decorations, a few party hats. Get some, I was thinking of those Jesus floating lanterns. You know, you light a lantern, up it goes into the sky. Maybe a few people in here, though, would ask, What's Ascension Sunday? I didn't know either until I become a pastor and I figured some of this stuff out in seminary. Uh, the church I, I grew up in, it was just, just another Sunday. Truth be told, Ascension Sunday doesn't get a lot of press. It's kind of tucked in between Easter and Pentecost. Pentecost is next week. Uh, what color do we wear on Pentecost? Red. red. Next week is Red Sunday. I don't care if it's Oklahoma Sooner red. I don't care if it's Washington State. Whatever red you have. It's the last story that we have, though, of Jesus on this earth speaking with his disciples. Yeah, there's a time that he gets to talk to Paul, wrote to Damascus, and yes, there's a time that he gives a vision to Peter. But this is the last time that he ate and walked with his disciples. Jesus wasn't resurrected only to die again, He was resurrected to be lifted up into heaven to live forever with God so that we can know that there is life beyond this life. Maybe one reason that the ascension gets short because it's it's a little difficult to understand. It's a a little bit science fiction-y. Jesus lifted lifted bodily into heaven kind of like the helium balloon goes, goes into the sky. Like Superman, up, up, and away. Perhaps the disciples had an easier time understanding it than we do. This was only like the latest of the extraordinary events that they witnessed in Jesus' company. Strange things happen when you are in Jesus' company. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk. The dead come back to life. Jesus' presence alone seemed to elicit all sorts of these supernatural happenings. Voices from heaven, visits from uh, prophets of long ago, vacated tombs. So perhaps just watching Jesus' body gets lifted up into heaven, they just look and say, yeah, there he goes again. Just one more thing to add to the list of what can Jesus do. So in 25 years of ministry and preaching, I've never really preached on the ascension. The sermon series is, uh, it's a horrible name, it's called Victorious Secrets. Victorious as in from, from the grave. <laughs> I decided not to put a, a logo with that one. Uh, but the stories of resurrection to Pentecost, all those stories. So this is, we're, we're one more away. We'll get Pentecost next week. But here at Ascension, we get caught up in the how. How could it have happened? Why did it happen? We need proof. We need explanation. 
We like to follow the scientific method. We need to be convinced. The ascension thing, it makes for a good story, but come on, this only, this the kind of stuff happens in, in, in comic books or in, or in Marvel movies. I remember when I was their age, the kid's age, and I lost a tooth and uh, put it underneath my pillow, but I, I thought, I'm going to try to get as much as I can out of this. Uh, I wrote a note and a picture of, Dear Tooth Fairy, save your quarter. Teach me how to fly. And I had a picture of myself flying over the state capitol because we lived right there. And the next morning I woke up and I flipped over the pillow. There was a quarter and a note that said, nice try. (laughs) So we don't know how to fly without flying. We know from scripture that Jesus told the disciples, even explained to them more than once that he would leave them. And now here's the day. It's sad when someone you love goes away. What are you going to do when your leader is gone? This is the time of of graduations and new beginnings. I remember when I went off to college The college that I went to was only 14 miles away from from where I grew up. So there was no, goodbye, goodbye, please call. Matter of fact, it was kind of the opposite. They didn't drop me off at the dorm or help me move in. That was left up to me. And on my last load out of the house, my dad said something like, I know we live close by and we want to see you, but don't come back for a month. Stay away for a while. And it sounded cruel. But it wasn't. Still teaching. I needed to fly and be free. And the danger was that I would just come back every day and hang out. Between classes, I would drive and like, oh, I remember when. Oh, yeah, I remember. Here's my tree. Here's my fort. Here's my, oh, yeah. And, And I would live my life like that all the way through college. All my high school buddies Live, still lived in the same county. I would try and relive the past, even with this great new adventure and future before me. So I can see these disciples thinking Jesus was back for good. It, it's going to be like it always was. Jesus, let's relive the past, the same group back. Let's get the band back together again. And that's not what Jesus had in mind. Maybe the real miracle is not the ascension itself, but what happened after it. The disciples, first with their eyes fixed upward, began to look side to side. And looking side to side, they began to form a real community. A community based on what Jesus taught. A community based on what Jesus lived. Luke, in his gospel account, describes what happened next. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they were continually in the temple blessing God. Ascension day is not a call to look up. But it's a reminder that God's promise is here and around us. And we don't do it alone. We get the Holy Spirit. We're gonna get that next week. What appears to be an abandonment is an opportunity. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not so many days from now. And filled with the Holy Spirit, the the disciples' vision expanded. I liked how Claudia even read it. You're going to go to Jerusalem and Samaria. Don't forget, they hated Samaria. And then to the whole world. By looking around, they saw those who were different from them because of race or class or religion or language. And that God's love was for them as well. I'm going to skip a paragraph, looking at the time. How did Jesus get, I got to tell him that for the, for the pictures. How did Jesus get into heaven? I have no idea. Maybe someone could explain it to me, but I doubt it. Do I believe it happened? Absolutely. Did it change the world? When we see Christians Stop looking up. Jesus, come here and fix this. Jesus, come here and fix this. Jesus, come here and fix this. We start to look around. And we see Christians in Jesus' name 
putting together supplies for health kits. We see Christians sharing talents and resources to rebuild devastated parts of the world. We see Christians offering time and money and resources to reach out to refugees and children through community partnerships. We see people willing not only just to look upwards, but side to side as well. If we just sit around waiting for him to come back, we don't have to clean up this mess. He'll just do it when he gets here. But that's not what he asked us to do. And he went up, up, and away. Maybe that's not the best catchphrase for us Christians. Up, up, and away. Let's, older people have to tell younger people that Superman was up. Is that Superman? Oh, Superman. All right, up, up, and away. Sure, Jesus ascended into heaven. Sure, the disciples were amazed at what happened and looked forward to joining him. But it all took place so that they could practice what Jesus taught here on earth. Why do you stand here looking at the sky? The mission field is all around us. The mission field is outside that open door right there. Here at Meridian UMC, we understand that this church is all about loving all, changing hearts, transforming lives. We're going to get that on the back of a t-shirt here pretty soon. It's amazing that Jesus trusted trusted us enough to leave us with this mission. Next weekend is Memorial Day weekend. And we'll remember those who, who have passed beyond the veil. We'll gather at the cemeteries and recall their love and their sacrifices. It's weird to say, but I like cemeteries. Uh, our family inherited a nice one a couple generations back. That's another story. I don't know you could inherit a cemetery, but you can. The danger for me is that I can get too wrapped up in the past. I will spend too much of the present remembering the old stories or the former friends or the family. It's wonderful that we devote a weekend to remember and honor those who have passed. But some of us do this way too much where we're like Memorial Day is every day. Here's here's a secret. Moderation is a wonderful Methodist trait. But we can still go overboard where the past can overtake our present. Where the pain of someone's passing can still hurt us just as it did a year ago, a decade ago, a generation ago. You ever pine away for days long gone? We can't enjoy the present. The disciples, they could have pined around for decades. Remember when? Remember when Jesus was, Peter, remember when you tried to walk on water? You dummy, you can't do that. Remember, and they, and they sit around and tell the old stories. And that's, that's not doing the work of Christ. Or conversely, maybe we're like the disciples whose eyes are still upward, waiting for that future. Oh, Jesus will come back. Or I will be happy when? everything we do is just sitting around waiting for something waiting for that ship to come in waiting for the future and I think Jesus has some words about worrying about the future and I love the angel's rebuke because I need those words someday why are you staying up here he'll come back don't worry just get on with your life already I'll close with a poem I found this poem my freshman year in college because I did not go home for a month. (laughs) If you remember the story, Moses, Moses was standing at the burning bush and Moses asked, in essence, what is your name? And do you remember what God answered? God answered his name was? Okay, here's the poem. I was regretting the past and fearing the future. Suddenly, my Lord was speaking. My name is I Am. He paused. I waited. He continued. When you live in the past with its mistakes and regrets, it is hard. I am not there. My name is not I was. When you live in the future with its problems and fears, it is hard. I am not there. My name is not, I will be. When you live in this moment, it is not hard. I am here.
My name is I am. And the family of God said, Amen. As we come to the offering, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to this church. I'll pick on Claudia here for a moment. Claudia, you are the chairperson of a certain committee. What committee is that? The scholarship committee. The scholarship committee. We have about four or five folk on a scholarship committee that uh, help divvies out some scholarships to our, to our folk. Many years ago, the Bushby family made a scholarship fund, and it's one of our endowment funds. Uh, the Judd family also did the same, and they combined the two, so we call it the Bushby Judd uh, Endowment, provides scholarship funds. A little later, the Luscombe family, the Luscombs, I don't know if anyone remembers them, they were, uh, we have Luscombe Kitchen back there, named for a pastor who served two different stints here, uh, the, but the Child's Luscombe family, uh, they also have a scholarship endowment fund, uh, more for the people going into the arts and that kind of thing. Uh, part of the Bushby family, they also give a little bit of cash through a foundation also to this church on top of that. And uh, we have one or two special donors who make ministry happen through scholarships. This is not part of the general budget, but we gave, you gave, $24,000 in scholarships to 17, 16, 17 kids. Uh, Can you give the scholarship team just just a word of thanks? It's the best committee to, to meet on. You see all the great things and they only meet twice. So if you... <laughs> they are looking for a couple other people. So uh, if, you, if you're interested, uh, talk to Claudia. Uh, let us receive today's offering.
Julius, as willing and able, let's stand and sing our doxology and offertory prayer. God, thank you for making Jesus the author of life, whom you raised from the dead. As we reach out to the people in our community, may they draw closer to you. Let our offering contribute to the ongoing work of your servant here and now. Amen. So far in our hymns, we have, what do we do? We we marched, we stood, we shined, and now we're going to fly. Let's fly away. pray that you'll join us for coffee hour. It's just right outside these doors. That way in the other building, our Family Life Center, we pray that you join us for a time of fellowship there. This is the choir's last Sunday for this season before they jump up in the fall. Can, you, can I hear an aw? Debbie, come on down here for a moment. for a season to provide the star with flowers. From a grateful choir, we'd like to honor our star and our indefatigable leader with this. Thank you very much. And 
hope that you stick around for the postlude because I think the harp is coming back. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, choir. Thank you to our online folk. Thank you to the people upstairs and to all of you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as we celebrate these days of spring, may God's love and blessings go with you all. Amen.